0: You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from student pastor, Josh Barnett. Well, uh, if you got your Bibles, we're in Romans. Romans 14 is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Actually, I'm going to try to get into 15, but if I don't get into 15, don't judge me because... um, (laughs) Well, I really am, uh, my goal is maybe to finish it up next week, but it might not happen, so just bear with me, so um, we're not going anywhere, you know, if we don't finish it up in the next two weeks, we can finish it up the the week after that, but I'm going to try to go, uh, Paul talks about the same thing starting in chapter 14, verse 1, and he goes through the same topic through chapter 15, verse 13. So, if you're taking notes, that's kind of where we're going to be is 14-1 through fifteen thirteen, and we're going to kind of break this down. I, I said when I was hosting, is that th- this chapter is really, really, really important. Um, if if we take if you take this chapter lightly, um, you're going to find yourself bouncing from church to church to church to church to church, um, from friend group to friend group to friend group to friend group, from job to job to job to job. Um, we've got to learn to get along with people. I don't know if you know this, it it just takes a little bit of living, you know, by the time you're two, that you're not going to get along with everybody that's around you, you know? (laughs) So there's going to be some disagreements. And what Paul is going to go into here, what we're going to look at tonight is he's going to begin to talk about opinions and convictions that we have, and they're not going to be the same as the person next to you. You know, it, it's amazing. You get engaged to somebody, you date somebody, you're head over heels for somebody, and you're just alike, and all of these things are incredible. And then you get married, and you're like, wow, like, we're way different than I thought we were. And it's, you know, so everybody, there's going to be different things that come up, and there's going to be, you, you can become best friends with somebody. You know, Tim says it all the time. People come in, and they're like, this is the best church ever. It's amazing. And he's like, okay, that's awesome. Like, you know, and then in a month, we don't ever see him again because, well, You know, we were imperfect people or we had a different opinion than them. But what Paul is going to stress tonight is just because you have a different opinion doesn't mean that you break fellowship. Just because we have a different conviction doesn't mean that we break fellowship. So Paul tonight is going to look at things like, what do you do when you feel like something is wrong, but another believer doesn't feel like it's wrong? How do you handle that dispute? Um, when some people see things as very black and white, and some see it as a little gray, it's a little more complex than that. Um, And, you know, it's much easier to be black and white. It's much easier to say, this is wrong and this is right. But life, a lot of times, isn't that simple. And if you're going to play out the black and white game all the way, then we can just all be Amish. Or we can all be Puritans. And we, you know, we cannot wear any jewelry, and we cannot have any TVs, and we cannot do anything in entertainment. We can just get extremely legalistic and cut everything out of our life. We can throw away our our phones and our computers. We can all wear suits. And uh, ladies, y'all can wear dresses to your ankles and no makeup and your hair pulled back in a bun. Y'all don't want to do that? Okay. Well, then it's important that we talk about this tonight. Uh, This is a very, very important issue. It's important to discuss because unity in the body of Christ is vital for us. Unity in the body of Christ is vital to us. Jesus prayed in John 17, may the world know that that you sent me by the way that they love one another. By the way that you love one another. In America alone, there are over 200 major denominations. And if you go like sub-denominations, like you play all those out, there are, I read a stat one time that said worldwide there were 45,000 different Christian denominations. Jeez, that's not a lot of unity. (laughs) We're supposed to be a unified body of Christ. We're supposed to love each other. We've got to get to a place in the body of Christ where we can disagree on small details and still be brothers and sisters in Christ. Just because we disagree doesn't mean we have to split. And just because we disagree doesn't mean that we don't, ha- that we can't talk about it. We can talk about it. Now, in Romans 12, Paul began to talk about the, 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 horizontal behavior. We've been talking about that, the behavior, how we treat one another. Last week, um, last week, not the Apostle Paul, Pastor Paul here began to talk about, um, our behavior towards authority. And it was incredible. If you missed that, it's a really key element, especially with what's going on in our nation right now. Um, but when he gets to the end of 13, uh, verse, chapter 13, verse 14, he says, clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus and don't, don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. And so he kind of ends it with like, okay, clothe yourself with Jesus. Don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And so it's like, just go after the Lord. And so now he's going to go into chapter 14 and 15 and begin talking about convictions and begin talking about opinions. Because as he's played this out, now he's going to go like, okay, we're all in after God. And when you, it's inevitable, when you go all in after God, there are things that begin to fall off of your life. There are things that you begin to cut away from your life. But now Paul's going to go into what happens when some, you've cut something out of your life and you run into another believer who has not cut that out of their life. Because it happens. It's going it, to, it, it's just inevitable. <clears throat> so what happens when you see Christians doing things that you've cut out of your life that Scripture doesn't necessarily say is a sin or doing things that that you no longer do. So you see Christians who are partaking in things that you no longer partake in or you see Christians refraining from things that you're doing. What happens when these things come up? Now, I want to preface this. He is not talking about doctrinal differences. He's not. There are essential and non-essential things. He is not talking about there are some things that Christians, if you want to be a a Christian— You've got to believe in the deity and the lordship of Jesus Christ. Okay, so there are some things that we're not going to disagree on. There are some things that are like, okay, yeah, we need to break fellowship. You're not a Christian. And so you need to go over there and start whatever you want to do. And so, you know, there's some, we, we believe in the infallibility of scripture. Like we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in salvation by grace alone through faith. And so there's some things, that's not what Paul's talking about here. And so let's look in verse 1. And he's going to begin to talk about these things. Let's read through verse 4. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Most translations say don't argue with them about doubtful things or disputable things, which is what he's talking about. These are non-essential issues that come up. Verse two, for instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain food must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge them whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Okay, so He introduces here a new phrase, a new term, and that is weak in faith. He has not said this before. Weak in faith. Basically, weak in faith, simple definition, is a believer who thinks something is wrong that is not wrong. That's what he would define a weak believer as. A weak believer is one who must avoid certain activities, people, or places in order to protect their spiritual life and not fall into sin. You tracking with me? See, some head, maybe some head, Paul's with me. <clears throat> our, our faith is strong in an area if we can survive contact with worldly people without falling into their patterns. So can I go somewhere without sinning? Can I go there and be a godly influence on people rather than being influenced by them? Um, David Guzek, I think is his name, wrote a commentary. It's, it's, we're pretty much lines up with Matthew Henry, but Matthew Henry is like, written a long time ago, it's kind of hard to understand, so I, I wrote what David said here because it was a little bit easier. He said, in Paul's mind, the weak brother is the stricter one. It wasn't that they were weaker in their Christian life because of what they ate or didn't eat. They were weaker because of their legalistic attitudes and lack of love towards others undoubtedly these weak ones did not themselves didn't see themselves as weaker it's likely they thought they were strong ones and the meat eaters were the weak ones legalism has a way of making us think that we are strong and those who don't keep the rules the way we do are weak it's really good yeah so it's it's real tricky when you fall into legalism because like a lot of churches a lot of places a lot of Christians we we want conformity over unity and so you have to dress like this, you have to talk like this, you have to do all of these things that aren't found in scripture. There's these, there are these little rules that we've made up. And that's, that's what Paul, uh, Apostle Paul is saying here, is that that get really legalistic because you're looking for conformity rather than uniformity. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I, can use, um, I can use a phone as an example. Um, We can get really legalistic about phones, and we can say, just for instance, an example. Okay, let's say I used to struggle with pornography, and then when I got saved, I needed to cut this out of my life and lay it down. Well, then as I just kept that as part of my life, and when I came, I started judging everybody that had a phone. Well, you can't have a phone because I can't have a phone. Does that make sense? And so that's, that makes me the weaker brother. You're actually stronger because you can hold this and handle it maturely. Okay. I'll say this. There are places that, that I could go that some of you may not be able to go. I never struggled with an alcohol addiction. Some people, no judgment, but some people in here may have. So I may be able to go into a place that serves alcohol and not be tempted by it in any way. You, however, may have to refrain from going to that place because it is a temptation on you. But for you to say, you can't go eat at Chili's because there's alcohol there. that That's legalism. That's that's put. It, that's the weaker brother trying to tell the stronger one that, no, you can't go into that place. I'll give you an example. On the streets of Honduras, we did street ministry. Lots of people out there. Drinking, smoking, sniffing glue, there were people, as Alvin gathers people and people come in and they, they get saved and they turn their life around, they can't handle going back into that environment right away. Somebody, people who have come out of rehab before, it's probably not a good idea for them to go back into a bar or go back into that part of town or go back with those people, but you can't then make up rules for every other person and I will say this Christians are called to invade the dark places not run away from them and so how will they know if someone is not sent i so i worked landscaping before i worked here at the church and i when i got i was like paul when i got saved i got saved to the bone at 19 years old i quit everything overnight just like that and i was like everything was like to the glory of god i was and and, and i would i would go and and I'm working with these guys and i would see you know some older guy, I was about 20, I'd be working with 30, 40 40 years old, and they would drink and smoke and talk about different things and whatever, and I would see younger guys come in, and they would crumble in that environment. Even though they believed in God, they believed that those things were wrong, but how come they couldn't stand up to it because their faith was weaker than my faith? So I could be in that environment and not be affected by that environment. And I, do, I believe that every Christian can get to a place where the Lord burns so bright in them that it doesn't matter what's around them that they will not fall. They will not bow to those temptations. Okay. <clears throat> um, let's see. So weak faith. Paul is speaking about people with an immature faith muscle that hasn't been developed and grown strong enough to resist the external pressures and temptations of this world. And in this chapter, he uses meat... And days as examples, and we'll, we will look at why <clears throat> and paul 's basically saying don 't argue over these issues; we can disagree, but don 't argue don 't divide yourself over these things don 't make it a thing it can be it 's a difference of opinion, and these things can easily cause division if they are not handled properly. Differences of opinion should not be feared or avoided; rather, we can come together and help each other. Even in the best possible churches, people are going to disagree. I don't care what church you go to; people are going to disagree. Churches have split over the color of the carpet. What in the world? You know what I mean. And I, you know, I say I say this a lot, but but I I, I, I so I've got many friends who are um, who are strong, devout Calvinist, and I'm not Calvinist. But just because we disagree over a little nuance doesn't mean that we can't be brothers and sisters of Christ. You and I are probably going to disagree over the end times because there's about 18 different views over the end times. We can disagree over the end times and still be brothers and sisters of Christ. We can disagree. You might be KJ, KJV only, like 1611, King James version Bible is like the only Bible. It's the, ba- it's the Bible that Jesus read. And I can say, no, they're all translations. Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic are very hard to translate into English. And these are all people's different translations of those (laughs) words. And I can say, whatever Bible you read, just read it. (laughs) And we can disagree on that. And we can actually still be brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay. But disagree, we need to learn to accept, listen to, respect, and learn from others. Disagreements actually can deepen a relationship. They actually can enrich and make relationships stronger. Now, in the essential things, unity. In the non essential things, we have Christian liberty. But in everything, we must love. We must love. Now, the meat thing. <laughs> this meat is, is probably meat that was sacrificed to idols. Um, and, and so, some, some Christians would, there were some Christians who had a really hard time with that. You had people who came out of idol worship and then going into a market and, and seeing other Christians buy this meat that they know that what that meat was used for, it was bothering them. Now, there was no law against it. They, you could partake of meat, <clears throat> but it was kind of bothering them. Um, and it's really easy. You see how this happens. It's really easy. Like, okay, well, the meat eaters can go over here, and the non-meat eaters can go over here. And you actually see, you can see it take place in churches where, okay, well, you believe this way, so we're going to just... We get so uncomfortable. I don't know why, but we, well, I do know why. We get so uncomfortable being around people that disagree with us. It, it's okay to be around people that disagree with you. If we are living by the law of love, it's okay to be in disagreement. Can I open a can of worms just to, sh- I like to dive off into things because I like to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think it's good for you. And, and if anything, it'll, it will wake you up a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> Right now, the mask thing is a big debate in our culture. And everybody's, like, everybody's already like, oh, my God, no, don't say anything. <laughs> I know it's a touchy subject. And listen, it's easier to just get around people that agree with you. <laughs> and, and rather than engaging with people who don't. I want to let you know this is not a reason to leave a church. This is not a reason to break fellowship just because someone wears a mask and someone doesn't wear a mask. It doesn't make you more or less of a Christian either way. If you feel convicted to wear a mask, wear it. I'm not going to, I, no judgment. And so it's like, I'm not going to judge you for wearing one. Don't despise me for not wearing one. And here's what we can, man, we can come. I can, you can show me your peer-reviewed research on why you should wear one, and I can show you my peer-reviewed research on why we shouldn't wear one. And we can make stats fit our narrative. That's what we do. We, our brain is drawn to things that fit the way we want it to fit. Okay, so it's not a reason to nitpick and fight and argue and say, well, just yeah, screw y'all, I'm leaving. That's not... That's not love. (laughs) It's not love. Okay. And you can, and I just said that one because it's hot topic right now. And I just like to dive off into hot topics. Um, But (laughs) you obviously you could relate that to a number of things. Okay. Verse five, let's move on before you all walk out of here. Um, In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another. While others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day, do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die. That's a huge verse right there. We don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again, For this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. Okay, when he's talking about days, he's talking about... Sorry. Talking about touchy subjects is giving me cotton mouth. It's making me nervous. So, Um, (laughs) He's talking about Sabbath days, feasts, special days, holidays. What he's saying is like, if you want to esteem one day above another, that's fine. And if you don't want to, that's fine. (laughs) He's just saying... Be fully convinced in your own mind and don't argue over it. If you're gonna do it to honor the Lord, then more power to you, brother. If you think Saturday is your Sabbath day and you're not gonna leave your house and you're not gonna walk ten, ten steps off of your porch and you're not gonna pick up a stick in your yard, and you're not gonna play with your kids and you're not gonna do, and you're not going and you're not going if you're doing it to honor the Lord, bless you. But but don't get mad at the guy who doesn't see the Sabbath, Saturday as a Sabbath day and he goes and works that day, or he takes his family to the park that day, don't judge him for doing those. This actually happens. Don't judge him for doing those things. Don't get, if one church wants to worship on Saturday and one church wants to worship on Sunday, God bless you, brother. (laughs) Just be, just be okay with it. If you want to eat the food, eat the food. And if you don't want to eat the food, whatever you do, he's saying, just make sure you're doing it with the right motive. Make sure you're doing it to honor the Lord and don't try to keep anybody in your little legalistic thing that's not actually in the Bible. Amen. (laughs) Let the Holy Spirit keep you accountable. Don't break your conscience. Now, let's ask this question. Are certain things sin? Everybody, yes, yes. (laughs) There are certain things are sin, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, are we called to keep our brothers and sisters in Christ accountable? Yes, we are, absolutely, keep them accountable. But some things here, Paul is saying, are a matter of conscience. They're a matter of your own personal convictions that scripture doesn't call sin or not. That is between the Lord and I, or the Lord and you. So he's saying, let Jesus be the Lord of their life and let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Don't be their mediator between them and Jesus. Push people towards him, but don't be the one that says you have to do this and this and this and don't do this, this, and this. So you can come to law. Man, I went, I grew up in a legalistic era. I went to Pentecostal school back in the day. I grew up in the legalism a little bit. And so I saw those, I saw those places. I went to I went to youth camp where it's like, you know, don't don't do this and don't do this. Don't like, don't go see rated R movies. You'll go to hell. Don't see rated R movies. You don't drink beer. You don't do this. You don't and it's like okay, so you can't watch, don't watch Passion of the Christ because that's a bad movie. You'll go to hell. Um, anyway, we got to be sure that we are letting the Lord convict us, the Lord. It, and we can have, we can talk about it, but it's not a reason to break fellowship over it. We can help each other. We can grow in this. All right, verse 10. Hey, we're doing good. We're on here, verse 10. Let's go. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. That should be sobering. All of us, saved or unsaved, we will stand before the judgment seat of God one day. For scripture say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. All right. Now we're really gonna get into it. We're all gonna stand before the Lord one day. If it's a conviction of yours, leave it to the Lord. We don't get to decide what other people's convictions are. We don't get to decide what other people's convictions are. You don't get to put people in the little box that you want them to live in. That's called legalism. <clears throat> we will all personally give an account to God one day. And so if what they're doing isn't sin, let it be between them and the Lord. It, you know, I, it was, it, growing up, it was like, man, if, if you listen to any other music besides what, what came on K-Love Radio, like, man, that was just demonic. It was evil. And if you have any secular CDs, you bring them to youth group Sunday night because we're going to burn them. And as it burned, people were like, I can see the demons coming out of it. And you're just like, w- w- what? <laughs> I get it. There's dirty worldly music out there that we shouldn't listen to that obviously is, is anti-scripture, but there are some, there are some secular music out there that's not bad. We got, we, we got so caught off in this, like, in a holiness movement where it's like, if it's not Christian and they don't play it on K-Love, well, I mean, how far do you want to go? And that's why you've got church. I, like, I've had a pastor tell me that I was going to hell because we had drums in our church, that rock music was worshiping the devil, or God redeems anything, and he created it all. <laughs> And it's our perversion that makes things evil. But it all can be used for the glory of God. And it doesn't, you can listen to secular music. It doesn't have to be like, oh, glory, hallelujah. Like you can listen, like we've got to get past this thing where it's like secular, secular and sacred. Like actually, because I'm doing it, I make it holy. I used to feel guilty about about watching a movie with my wife instead of praying with her. But actually, I can watch a movie with my wife, and that can be worship. I used to feel guilty about pl- rolling around in the, in the floor, playing with my kids, and not ending the night with like a prayer or like a worship video or, like a, or a Bible teaching or whatever. I used to feel guilty about that. Or actually, because I'm doing it, it's holy and it's worship. And so we got to be real careful about where we divide this line between second. People think they get caught up in their jobs and they think, well, because I'm not doing, I'm not in full-time ministry. I'm not building the kingdom of God. And that is, that's asinine. That's not in scripture. I want to, I want to help you tonight. You can, you, as you do your job, you're building the kingdom because you're doing it. It's holy. Now I don't mean like going to sell crack rocks or anything like that, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you will get my point, though. Okay. While the church must, we must be uncompromising in our stand against sinful activities that are clearly forbidden in Scripture. And we could go down the line: adultery, homosexuality, lust, murder, theft, greed, hate, rebellion, etc. But we are not to create additional rules and regulations that give them equal standing with God's law. We cannot base our moral judgments on opinions, personal dislikes, or cultural bias rather than the word of God. When we do this, we show that our faith is weak. I love this quote. I heard it one time. It says, we can't read the Bible to find where it agrees with me. We have to read the Bible so God can speak to us. Verse 13. What did verse 13 say? So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Okay, here's the deal. Don't encourage people to not follow their convictions. It's, it's sin. If you encourage someone to not follow, whether you think it's sin or not, if you encourage someone to break their convictions, it's wrong. Come on, man. Jesus drank. Have a little bit. Stop being so legalistic. That's wrong. Don't encourage someone, whether it's a sin or not, you don't encourage them to do it if that is their personal conviction. That's not your job. You're actually sinning by trying to get them to violate their conviction. Come on, man, everybody watches it. Everybody listens to it. That's wrong. Paul's saying, don't do it. If it's their conviction and not yours, let them walk in that conviction. If they're doing it to honor the Lord, let them do it. If you, if you feel personally convicted to only listen to worship music, then do it. I'm not going to encourage you to do otherwise. That's totally fine. Absolutely. It's totally cool. Here, let's move on. Verse 14. I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. And if another, per, if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you're not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. This is one of my favorite verses, verse 17. I could preach a whole sermon on this one verse, but I'm not going to. Maybe another night. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. So, <laughs> is you can ask a question. Is it inherently sinful or unclean or wicked? No, many times it's our perversions that make things wrong. But if someone believes it's wrong, it's wrong for them. Here's here's what can ha- here's what convictions can do. Convictions for you, Can make clean things unclean. Convictions for you can make things that are okay actually sin for you. If you feel convicted about that movie or that whatever or that word or that, then it's a sin for you. But don't try to legalistically put everybody in a box and say, nope, no TVs, no whatever, no whatever. But we need to know our convictions don't make unclean things clean. Okay? So just because you don't feel bad about adultery doesn't make it okay. Okay. (laughs) I just want to make sure we know that. Our conscience can't make things okay. But it can... It can't make sinful things okay. But it can make okay things sinful. If there are liberties that we have that are not sin, but would cause another to stumble, then I'm not gonna do it. It, Let let me move it into this. If there's liberties that we have that are not sin, but would cause someone else to stumble, I'm not going to do it. This is where you get touchy. If there are liberties that you have, and it's gonna cause another believer to stumble, don't do it. It's love. Love. It's love. It's not legalism. It's love. I, so I have Christian liberty, but my Christian liberty must be controlled by love. I'm willing to give some things up if those things are going to cause you to judge me in your heart. So whether you think alcohol is a sin or not a sin or whatever, my conviction is I'm not going to drink. And that's okay. Because I'm a youth pastor and I understand that I have young people from all walks of life coming into my youth group. And if I'm over here posting like me sipping back a margaritas on my social media and and one of my youth kids sees it and his dad at home is an alcoholic that beats him or his mom was killed by a drunk driver or whatever and now it's gonna cause, now I have separated my relationship with him And so it's not legalism, it's love. It's not legalism, it's love. I'm willing to give some things up if it's gonna cause, even if it's not sin, if it's gonna cause them to look at me differently, I'm just gonna say no. Not necessarily because the act is sin, but because my conviction says it's wrong for me because of the damage that it has done to other people. Unity is the key here that Paul is trying to drive the point home about. Live in a way that promotes unity, live in harmony with one another we can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree. We can build each other up. We can live a life of righteousness, peace, and joy. We should always honor each other as far as possible. We should act in love to maintain peace. And again, verse 17, it's not a matter of eating and drinking. There's way more important things that Paul is saying here. The kingdom of God's not a matter of eating and drinking. And we're going to get caught up in disputes and debates and all these things. And he's going, the kingdom is at hand, guys. There are more important things that we need to be doing. We need to be living a life of righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be going into the world and making disciples of all nations, not hanging out in our churches and arguing whether alcohol and tattoos are sinful. Like he's, Let's move on is what he's saying. <laughs> like the kingdom of God is here. All right, verse 20. Rant over. Verse 20, "'Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. "'Remember, all foods are acceptable, "'but it is wrong to eat something "'if it makes another person stumble. "'It is better not to eat meat eat meat or drink wine "'or do anything else "'if it might cause another believer to stumble.'" That's what I just got done explaining. "'You may believe there's nothing wrong "'with what you're doing, "'but keep it between yourself and God. "'Blessed are those who don't feel guilty "'for doing something that they have decided is right.'" But if you have, get that, blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they decided, they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Or I like the way another translation words it is, anything not done in faith is sin. Anything not done in faith is sin. I love that word. But it basically means if you do anything that you don't believe is right, You are sinning. And we have to know, Paul's making it very clear here, sin is not a private matter. Sin's not a private matter. No man is an island. Our sin affects those around us. We were created to be dependent on one another. We weren't created to do life alone. And if you're doing something that offends yourself, it's sin because you believe it's wrong. And if you believe it's wrong and still do it, just because somebody else said you had liberty to do it, if you believe it's wrong and you still do it, it is sin. Even if it isn't, it's a conviction that you have. You don't feel right about it, then don't do it. And I will say this, err on the side of caution. Amen. Err on the side of caution. If I don't feel right about it, then I'm not going to do it. And, and here's the deal. We, God has got way more figured out than we do. And so you may have a conviction in your heart for a reason. I have never, fe- I'm just going to be vulnerable, is that okay? No judgment? Don't despise me? Was you just talking about it? Okay. I have never, ever, ever, ever felt comfortable about drinking alcohol. Not one sip, never felt comfortable about it. Never. Why? If it's not clearly in scripture that it's a sin, why do I feel Wrong about it. It's because God was calling me into something where He knew I needed to stay away from it. Does that make sense? Where He knew I needed to separate myself from it. Okay. So, you know, it's not like, well, man, like, you know, you're smoking or you're drinking or whatever, like, you're going to hell because I don't do it. Like, no, like, that's not scripture. We can't put that on people. But always err on the side of caution. If you're doing something that offends your brother, it's sin. If it causes him to stumble, causes him to think wrongly about you, Paul's just saying, just don't do it. Steer clear of it. Scripture is clear on some things, but on other things, it's silent. Then follow your conscience when it's silent. Let God convict you. Let God steer you. Doesn't mean that we force what we choose to do on everyone else or turn up our nose on someone that, that, that that partakes in a freedom that we don't have. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not walking into Chili's going, I can't believe these people aren't drinking over here. <laughs> that's weird. Like, I'm not going to turn my nose at somebody that has, that has a freedom or a liberty or say, well, that person's going to hell because they're doing that. Like, no, that's not Paul saying, no, like, don't do that. You, I have no right to do that. Okay. <laughs> so to wrap this up, I'm just going to give a few points here and we'll move into chapter 15 next week. So y'all held me up. Y'all, I I was going to get through it. Y'all slowed me down. All right. (laughs) There are things that, that Paul's, I'm just going to say, wrap it up. What he's saying here? There are things that are not inherently sinful, but they are sinful for some people just because it's wrong for you. Doesn't mean it's wrong for everyone though. Our conscience can make something sinful. That's not, But it can't make something okay that is sinful. The first question always about anything, the first question always is not, how do you feel about it? That's not the first question. The first question is always, what does scripture say? And you search scripture and you dive in here and you look at it and and, and listen, I would even go so far to suggest, even if it's unclear, you don't know, ask somebody. Go to somebody older than you that's been walking with the Lord for a long time and ask them what they, what they think. <clears throat> it's always what does scripture say. If scripture's not clear, then maybe we can, and, and your mentor says, yeah, you know, whatever. Then maybe we can move into feelings a little bit and ask the Lord to convict us. But it's always, we always have to be led by love. <clears throat> now, next point he's making, the strong must bear with the weak rather than trying to change them. means It means I'm not gonna do something that offends the weaker person in front of them. I'm not gonna argue or debate. I'm not gonna try and change them. Now, we can talk about it if we wanna enter that space, but we have to agree before we enter in this space that we are still gonna leave this place as brothers and sisters in Christ. We can't, we're not going to get to this place where we're like, wah, wah, screw you, you don't agree with me. And we, you know, we never talk to him again. You know? And then we, you know, we, were, we did sit on this side at church with him, and now we sit over here because we don't even want to get close to that person. It's weird. But people do it. It's, but we don't need to do that. <clears throat> don't violate your conscience. There may be a reason why you feel the way that you do. It may be okay for some, but not for you. And that's okay. God has put that conviction in, in you for a reason. And the main point of the whole chapter is, is unity. It's unity. Convictions are not essentials, so they should not divide us. Amen? Amen. Stay with me. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, help us. Help us to be led by the law of love, Lord. Help us to see people the way that you see them. Help us to not condemn people and judge people and turn up our nose at people or despise people just because we have disagreements or just because we do things a little bit differently. Lord, may we we, we figure out how to live in unity with one another. Help us to love each other the way that you and the Father love each other so that people will know that you were the Son of God. Lord, that's such, a, that's such a powerful statement, Lord, that you would say the world would know that you were real, that you were the son of God by the way they love one another. Teach us how to be unified, God. Teach us how to be unified. Don't let it be based on looks or economics or skin color or different generations. God, we need, we need a synergy of generations, The younger generation needs the older generation. The older generation needs the younger generation. We need to come together. We need to lock arms. Baby boomers, Gen Xers, Gen Zs, millennials, we need each other. We need to be unified in building this kingdom, God. Get it in our hearts that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. That it's not a matter of little disputes, little discrepancies, little um, disagreements, but it's a matter of of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Show us what that means, Lord. Teach us how to walk in that every single day of our life. Lord, I thank you for the people in this room. Lord, I ask that every person in this room right now, wherever they're at, that they would know that you see them, that you value them, that you look down on them, and you love them with the same love that you love Jesus, that you look down on them And you say, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased. I ask that everyone in this room would feel that love right now. That they would feel that value. That they would feel your arms wrap around them, Lord. Lord, as a church body, draw our hearts to intermingle with yours more and to intermingle with each other, God. And may we be a lighthouse. May we be a city on a hill for this lost and dying world that so desperately needs your gospel to bring it back to life. We love you, Lord. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Most of all, we thank you so much for Jesus. We praise you, amen. God bless you. You have been listening to the CMC podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.